Hello, I'm Alec, and this is Scandal 101. Let me tell you, the past two days I have had the hiccups off and on and it is not fun at all. It's kind of painful. You know, you have the hiccups for a minute or two, it's annoying, but if you have them for off and on for two days, (laughs) let me just say I do not recommend. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope if you have been traveling this holiday season, you have traveled safe or you're traveling safe today. It's the 24th. So if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas Eve day. Yes. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, happy December 24th and happy holiday season because there are many holidays other than Christmas during this time. In terms of a scandal update, Um, I'm recording this episode and next week's episode back to back, so I'm not going to have really much of a scandal update, but the one thing I've seen a lot recently is the, I think they're calling it the Partygate scandal or party scandal. Basically, there was this Christmas party with some, uh, British politicians that broke COVID protocol and a recording came out about that. I don't really know if that's the most interesting scandal. I'm not super in tune with British politics, but that's what I've seen in the news recently. And yeah, I, so for this episode and next week's episode, since it's Christmas Eve day and the next episode is going to come out on December 31st, the day before New Year's, I wanted to choose some themes for the episode. I wanted to go with like a Christmas scandal and I wanted to go with a New Year's Eve scandal clicking on the title, you definitely have already seen what this is about. This episode is titled Santa, Macy's, and HIV Discrimination. So let's dive right in. My sources for this this episode come from an NPR article by Eleanor Vasili and Emma Bowman, a New York Times article from 1991, and then an archived article from UPI. This story starts with a man named Mark Woodley. It's the fall of 1989, you remember it well, and he saw an ad in a New York paper. The ad was from Macy's, and they were looking for people to dress up as Santa and spread some holiday cheer, some holiday spirit for the holiday season. And I think no matter how old you are, it's always just at least for me personally, it's so nice walking into like a store or a mall and you see Christmas decorations. I'm not super religious, but just seeing all of the lights, all of the Christmas cheer, it seems like most people are in a better mood around the holiday season. It's just nice to see the cool effects that it has on people. So definitely cool of Mark to want to be a part of that and spread the holiday cheer. By trade, Mark was not someone who you would think would go to this role. He was not an actor. He was not, you know, a comedian. He wasn't someone that was really out there in the public forefront. He was an architect. 
and he just wanted to get in the holiday spirit, spread some cheer, and part of the reason he was wanting to do this is he was hoping that spreading cheer and seeing smiles from people would help raise his spirits along with their spirits. The year is 1989, and one thing that often isn't depicted in classic 80s films, such as Back to the Future, is the unfortunate reality that was hitting the United States at the time, and not just the United States, but the entire world, and that was the HIV AIDS epidemic, which at the time, and some people still call it, the AIDS crisis. Just brief background and some information into HIV and AIDS so we know what we're talking about from the CDC website on a title or on a page titled HIV Basics. AIDS and HIV are basically like partners in crime. AIDS starts off as HIV. HIV attacks the immune system by attacking cells that fight disease and infection and unfortunately there is no current cure. HIV generally turns into AIDS in a period of 8 to 10 years after having HIV and then at that point the immune system is severely weakened and the person with HIV is much more susceptible to disease and sickness. Now there are medications today that can help uh, prevent HIV as well as medications that can help people diagnosed with HIV to live a normal, happy, long life. but. In the early 80s, when the AIDS crisis, the AIDS epidemic, was starting off, it was something that was new and unfortunately was a death sentence to many. And then this, and then this is just me getting on my soapbox. It's important if you are sexually active, if you're going to be sexually active, especially with multiple partners, to get tested not only for HIV but other STIs so you can have the peace of mind that, you know, you are being safe and hopefully the person you're with is doing the same thing. PSA over. <laughs> Alrighty, so back to the NPR article. Why I bring up HIV, AIDS, the AIDS epidemic is Mark was feeling the impact of this epidemic. Mark had unfortunately lost his best friend to AIDS, and Mark had recently been diagnosed with HIV himself. I think in one of the articles I read, it had been within the past three, four, five years of this whole event happening. He was hoping that dressing up as Santa and spreading holiday cheer would not only make others happy, but help him find a positive thing to spend his time doing. Because I'm sure then, especially then with HIV being so new and how it was being handled, and now that would be a hard thing to cope with, to realize that, you know, you do have HIV. I'm sure that would be a difficult thing to cope with. Mark, who is 72 today, he did an interview with Story Corps and said, quote, it's hard to be depressed when you're around an excited little kid, end quote. He further said, it was just magical, little kids coming in and the wonder in their eyes, and I was a part of that. I've never been so loved. I mean, it was love for Santa, but I was a recipient, end quote. So, and from that quote, he was Santa that first year. He apparently did a great job because the following year, Macy's invited him back to be Santa again. Mark was asked to take a physical before rehiring, which apparently was routine, and during the physical, he wanted to be honest, so he disclosed the fact that he had HIV as well as the fact that he was taking some medication for mental health purposes. In one of the articles I read, I'm pretty sure it was that he was taking Prozac for depression, which I'm pretty sure is a common drug to take for that, but at the time it was like controversial, which I'm pretty sure I have later on <laughs> in this episode. 
Mark said about being honest, quote, I was just honest, and the minute I said that, I knew I'd made a big mistake. The doctor's attitude changed, end quote. From the UPI article, Mark was, he, the previous year when he had worked at, as Santa, he already knew that he had HIV, but he just didn't inform Macy's about that. And after going to the doctor, the physical, and disclosing the fact that he was HIV positive, Mark was then told that Macy's was not going to hire him back as Santa. I mean, you can put two and two together. Really, the only thing that would have changed from the first year to that second year was the fact that he disclosed his positive HIV status. According to Mark, Macy's reasoning was that, quote, he was unfit for the role because he was on antidepressants, end quote. Mark figured it was something else, anti-AIDS discrimination, so he sued. Mark filed a $3.25 million discrimination suit, which, go Mark, get that money, because <laughs> having, you know, being HIV positive does not mean you can not be Santa and spread little, you can, like, you can still spread joy to many people. It, it's just a thing of like, oh, you can't do this job for this reason. And it's like, no, I can still do the job. It'll be okay. So Mark could have easily done that job and it would have been okay. So he brought suit. I'm on Mark's side for this. About the suit, this is coming from the UPI article. Mark said, quote, I'm determined to win this case not only for myself and for the children, but also to stop Macy's from discriminating in the future against qualified people who happen to be HIV positive or on a prescription antidepressant, end quote. So Mark's case was going on. It was in the pipelines of the legal system. And ironically, it was filed in the same court where Santa Claus's sanity was debated in the movie Miracle on 40, uh, whoa, Miracle on 34th Street, which is also a movie I have never seen. <laughs> I'm just, uh, listen, old movies, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Just feel good movies. I'm not a big fan of. I want tragedy. I want drama. A, a feel-good movie, not so much for me. And maybe, <laughs> maybe that's reflected in the fact that I started a podcast about scandals. John Winkleman. So we have an uh, we have another character coming into the story. Mark is the person who wanted to be Santa, and he was discriminated against, presumably, allegedly. And John Winkleman, he's our second character. John was a young gay man from Rhode Island, and he read about Mark's case in the paper. John was organizing with the AIDS activist group ACT UP, and ACT UP is all caps, and it stands for AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power, which, what a name. You know that group is not going to be messing around. John said that after seeing the article in the paper about Mark's case, he thought something should be done about it, so he took it to his group. There was a subgroup of ACT UP, and it was called Action Tours, and John said that the group, quote, did these crazy, colorful, theatrical zaps that were really impossible for the media to ignore, end quote. And trust me, theatrical is what is about to take place. As I'm sure many of you are aware, there's one day of shopping that seems to be at the forefront when you say, oh, what's the best day to go shopping? Well, maybe the worst and the best day. Most people probably think of the same thing, Black Friday. 
The year was 1991, so way before online shopping was a thing, let alone the norm of society. So people are going out to these brick and mortar stores, gonna get the perfume, they're gonna get their little toy, they're gonna, and I don't know, what was popular in the 90s? Tamagotchis? They're gonna get their Tamagotchis, they're gonna get their um, scrunchies and their hair bands, they're gonna get all that stuff, they're gonna have to get it from the store. So of course, because everyone's gonna have to be out shopping and there was not a worldwide pandemic at the time in terms of COVID-19, a protest was scheduled for the busiest shopping day of the year. On that day, Black Friday, 1991, 22 activists dressed up as Santa and went to the Macy's on 34th Street in Manhattan. They walked in singing Christmas carols and John said about it, quote, Everyone was cheering and clapping because they think, oh, this is so cute and adorable, end quote. And they're just singing, you know, normal Christmas songs like Rudolph the Red-Dose Reindeer. They're singing I'm Having a Good Time. Everyone's cheering, clapping. And then suddenly, the words of familiar Christmas songs start to change and Santas start to link together, literally handcuffing and chaining themselves together in the cosmetics aisle, in a circle, and then the following song rings out. Santa Claus has HIV, fa la 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 Macy's won't rehire he fa la 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 which is quite the spin on a traditional Christmas song, if I must say so myself. So they started singing that song as well as other varied versions of Christmas songs. Of course, police were called and 19 of the 22 Santas were arrested, including John. John said that it was brilliant because there were pictures of Santas being dragged out of Macy's in handcuffs. Mark said about this, quote, it was genius, end quote. Coming from an old Washington Post article published the day after the protest, 19 of the Santas were charged with resisting arrest, and then 18 of them were also charged with criminal trespass. Following the arrests and the protest, John said, quote, We forced the media and the public to talk about AIDS when they really didn't want to talk about it. We had a sense of humor in our stuff, but the backdrop was people we loved were dying, end quote. From the Washington Post article, John was quoted as saying, quote, Macy's is playing Scrooge by firing one of their most popular Santas. AIDS discrimination violates the spirit of Christmas and we will not tolerate it at all, end quote. Macy's put out a statement in that same article that said, quote, Mr. Woodley, who was Mark, was not offered a position because of the specific type of medication that he was taking and the advice of our medical experts, end quote. And the drugs that Mr. Woodley were taking, Mark, aka, um, I kind of hinted toward it earlier, he was taking an anti-AIDS drug called AZT and then the antidepressant Prozac. So what happened of Mark's suit? Eventually, the case was settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. Macy's was reached out to by NPR recently, and it was said that they couldn't discuss the decision not to hire Mark because it would take time to investigate such an old claim, and it could also involve private employment details, which would not be shareable. And then in an email to NPR, Macy's also added, quote, Macy's has supported HIV AIDS charities and community advocacy and outreach long before this date in a time before it was commonplace. End quote. One of the sources I use, and I want to just 
briefly highlight it because it's such a cool source and I think more people should know about it. It's called StoryCorps and it's where people share their stories and they are preserved through this organization. There's audio recordings, there's videos, there's pictures, and it's it's one word, story, C-O-R-P-S. It's super cool website, look it up. Both John and Mark shared their story through this website, and it's in the show notes, but there's like a three-minute video of a conversation between both of them. It's super cool to listen to. It's, like I said, only three minutes. Highly recommend listening to it. It's kind of cool to hear the people involved in this story actually give a little insight to it. After Macy's didn't hire Mark back, Mark never went back to Macy's to work as Santa, but... He was not out of luck for working as Santa. He did get to dress up as Santa at different pediatric AIDS clinics and organizations, so he was still able to spread holiday cheer just in a different setting. Some follow-up about Mark and John. Mark eventually moved to Amsterdam where he opened a small import business, and John was in New York until 2015, and then he moved back home to Rhode Island where he is still an activist. This year marks the 30th year of the protest. Again, it happened in 1991. The year is 2021. 30 years ago, this protest happened. Mark and John virtually connected to talk about this case, and again, that was through StoryCorps. John said to Mark, quote, I'm so grateful that I'm talking to you 30 years later, end quote. Mark responded, quote, I feel the same way about you because there's no one to talk to about the people I knew and lost. It's good to have someone who knows it and went through it with me, end quote. Bringing it back to where we all started, let's let's focus on Mark, the person who wasn't able to get his job back as Santa at Macy's. When Mark thinks about the loved ones that he has lost due to AIDS, he says, quote, Sometimes that grief is so sweet, but other times there's such pain that they didn't get to live a full life the way I have, end quote. And that concludes the shorter than usual but super interesting story of Santa's, Macy's, and HIV discrimination. I had never heard of this before, and when I was trying to figure out what scandal I wanted to do, I was looking up Christmas scandal, and first of all, not a good thing to look up (laughs) because there's a Parks and Rec episode titled Christmas Scandal, so almost all of the results were about that episode, but there were, I could only find like three different articles about this scandal, about this protest. I mean, there were many other articles out there, but it was basically just copy and paste of NPR's article. So this episode is definitely going to be shorter than usual, but I still think it's a super interesting one. It's on brand for the holiday season for Christmas time, and I really wanted to do it. So I hope you enjoyed that story. Now let's turn to the personal scandal I asked for um, some family scandals, (laughs) and one person sent me a link that said, this is my cousin, and I opened the link, and it is from a news website called Eleven Alive from Atlanta, Georgia, I'm pretty sure, and I'm just going to read it, or I'm just going to read part of it, not the whole article. The, it's by, oh, so I can give credit, it's from Eleven Alive, and it's by Addie Haney. The title of this article is Warrant, Pipe Bomb Materials, Weapons, Hard Drugs Found Inside Cobb County Home, 18-Year-Old Arrested. And then going into the article, 
Dylan Chapman now faces 13 felony charges, according to Cobb County Jail Records. An 18-year-old from Cobb faces several felony charges after warrants say authorities found weapons, hard drugs, and the materials to make explosive devices inside his Powder Springs home. He was arrested. He's only 18 years old. No bond has been issued. Uh, the Cobb County Police would not share more details about the investigation, including a possible motive. However, they did say that they were assisted by the FBI. There was one neighbor who said the discovery said the discovery made her uneasy. She had lived next to uh, she had lived in the neighborhood for 12 years. She said, quote, it's very shocking. I never would have expected or anticipated those sort of behaviors from someone who lives directly across the street from me, end quote. To the person who sent that in, thank you. And I'm I'm sorry that your family is going through this because that's not an easy thing to deal with as a family, but also that's kind of crazy to think that your cousin had all of those things in their house and who you know who knows what he was planning to do with them. I'm sure there's a lot of speculation about that, but hard drugs and materials for pipe bombs are generally not a positive combination. Alrighty, that concludes this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Like I said, this one is a little shorter, but it's Christmas Eve day and I'm recording this in advance so I can be sure to spend time with family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to stay in touch and up on the latest, follow on social media on Instagram at Scandal101Podcast, on Twitter at Scandal101Pod, on Facebook. If you search Scandal101Podcast, you will find us there. Our website is Scandal101Podcast.Podbean.com. And then the email, if you want to send in your personal scandal to have it read on the podcast, is Scandal101Podcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a happy holiday season and there will be a new episode, which I'm excited for you to hear next Friday. Happy holidays, stay safe, and this has been episode 32 of Scandal 101.